Welcome to Leadership Bebop. I'm your host, Randy Evans. This podcast is a creative space to explore the rapidly changing dynamics of leadership and teamwork in organizations. Through discourse and engaging dialogue, we're creating a new real book on what it means to lead in a complex, fast-paced world. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Welcome back to Leadership Bebop. How often do you really feel heard in your workplace? And are you practicing effective listening in your interactions so that other people feel heard? In a two-part series on my recently launched Leadership Bebop Substack newsletter, I explored this theme, tying this into the hit FX TV show, The Bear. In this follow-up podcast episode, I want to delve a bit deeper into this theme and also offer some background on what inspired me to write about this. So I have three children, two sons and a daughter, all in their 20s. And I'm constantly amazed at what they teach me. Profound life lessons, health and fitness advice, new developments in science and technology, and entertainment tips. Spending time with them brings immense joy and optimism, and I'm deeply grateful for each of them. So last summer, my younger son told me about The Bear, the FX TV series streaming on Hulu. He really enjoyed the show's culinary focus, its incredible writing, engaging plot, and compelling characters. My older son had also finished the first season and pointed me to a crucial theme in the show about communication and feeling heard in the workplace. After watching the first season, I actually ended up watching it several times. I decided to write about this theme, feeling heard at work, tying this into my work on team communication and constructive conflict engagement. Season two recently dropped on Hulu and also contains many life lessons and business leadership lessons. In my recently launched Leadership Bebop Substack newsletter, I revisit the first season to explore this theme of feeling heard at work and the value of engaged listening. The Bear, created by Christopher Storer, centers on an award-winning rising star chef, Carmi is his name in the show, uh, played by Jeremy Allen White, who leaves the fine dining world to run the small, disorganized, financially strapped Chicago deli named The Beef in season one that was left to him by his older brother, Michael, who's played by John Bernthal. Carmi's older brother, Michael, had died by suicide and left the restaurant to Carmi, who then takes over. So the, the show takes viewers on an emotional roller coaster ride with a lot of tense moments, fiery arguments, lots of profanity, lighthearted humor, and deeply serious topics. Through a gritty and meticulous exploration of the deli's kitchen and the messy lives of its staff, the bear offers a lot of practical lessons, including insights on how we can still come together even in hard times. So I've shared in past episodes that my undergraduate degree was in philosophy and trumpet performance. I like to say I picked the two least practical degrees and I got them both. But I actually use both of those degrees in my work frequently. And one of the philosophers that I really liked a lot and appreciated and was really drawn to as an undergraduate student is uh, Martin Heidegger, who is one of the key phenomenologists looking at how humans behave and interact in our real world environment. So Heidegger suggests that 
Angst is the basic way of being for humans. It's a generalized sense of apprehension or unease that we all experience. And he says it's essential for understanding everyday life. He also argued that our concerns, devotion, intentions, feelings, and interest in our own existence, that that is the practical connection that unites us all in our shared experiences, giving meaning to the various aspects of our being in the world. Now, I do understand the futility of trying to summarize Heidegger's philosophy in a short paragraph, but the entire entirety of the TV show, The Bear, really feels Heideggerian. So for a fuller explanation of Heidegger's work, I, I do list a couple links in the show notes, and I hope to do a future episode that focuses specifically on how every aspect of the human experience is changing rapidly due to advances in science and technology. And I want to tie this into the idea presented in the work of Heidegger and other phenomenologists. But this deep sense of unease that Heidegger describes is entwined in all of life's pursuits, and it colors the complicated realities of our relationship with ourselves and with others. This is on full display in The Bear. Throughout the first season, the dialogue and storylines explore this dynamic of evolving self-awareness, discovering purpose, and shared efforts to build meaningful relationships and make sense of the world together. There's no work-life balance among the show's characters. This is a central theme in season two, but there's, there's really no division between life in the kitchen and the characters' personal lives. It just all melds together. In this sense, in many other ways, the bear feels like a microcosm of the modern global workplace. Communication among the workers and the bear is messy, awkward, and frequently chaotic. No one seems to be listening. The kitchen staff and the bear frequently say, heard, and yes, chef, acknowledgments that apparently are common in commercial kitchens. Yet it's clear that the characters do not feel heard. And this dichotomy is brought center stage in episode three of the first season, which is discussed in detail in part one of my Substack article. Midway through this episode three, Carmi, the new owner and head chef of the, the beef, as it's named in the first season, hastily exits the deli, leaving Sydney, his shoe chef, to enforce a new French brigade hierarchy, though it's clear the staff is not fully prepared for the change. At the end of the shift, Carmi joins Sydney, who's sitting outside the deli. And during their exchange, Sydney really homes in on this theme of not feeling heard. She says to Carmi, when I said I didn't think the brigade was a good idea, you didn't listen. And it's not that you told me that I had to, that's fine, whatever, but, but you just didn't really listen. She goes on to say, if this is going to work the way we both want it to work, she says, I think we should probably try to listen to each other. So the bear is a compelling example of the complexities of workplace communication and how someone's interpretation of whether they are listening can differ greatly from whether a colleague actually feels heard. A recent study on workplace communication explores this distinction in detail, demonstrating that engaged listening is sufficient for someone to feel heard in some situations. In other situations though, acknowledging someone during the initial exchange and even demonstrating good listening may be inadequate. In these situations, taking action or following through on promises or commitments may be required for the other person to feel heard. So part two of my two-part Substack newsletter examines this recent study of workplace communication that emphasizes this significance of listening and the various contexts that affect 
employees' impressions of feeling heard or unheard in workplace conversations. So I hope you enjoy my thoughts on the show's insights and this important research on workplace communication. I'd love to hear your insights, thoughts, and experience. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to the newsletter and share this with your friends and colleagues. I really do appreciate your support as I continue to work to get this off the ground.